Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Today, is, the message is about you are the bride. In fact, you are a bride, and your identity in Christ is as a bride. And understanding that is a really big deal. Today, you are a bride. This is the finale of our identity series, and I really am excited about this message. It's probably my favorite part of the whole series. So, Thinking about who you are and being able to disrupt the thinking in your life. There's a pattern of thinking that comes from a bias, which is from your gender. There's a bias that comes from your age, I mean, from your location of birth, from your race, from your culture. All of that stuff creates a lens and a grid of thinking that we are all coming through to see ourselves the way God sees us and to see ourselves the way God made us. And so we see ourselves as a bride because God calls us his bride. And so wherever you come from, especially if you're a guy, hang in there. It's going to be okay. God did this on, on purpose to disrupt your thinking, to move you from where you're at, to see yourself more accurately and, and, and the way he made you to be and how he designed you to respond. Okay, so Revelation 19 verse 7 let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb and his bride, his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. This is a beautiful passage. Look in ourself through this lens of thinking of ourselves as the bride and that our life is really a preparation. Our life here on earth is a preparation for this amazing thing called the wedding feast of the Lamb. Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for his church, but he calls his church his bride. That means you, guys and gals, all of us, we are a bride and our linens because ladies, we know, when we're talking about a wedding, it's all about the dress. Am I right? Come on now. Hello. It's about the dress. And what, we're, what we bring to our groom, well, okay, so like if I was one, right? What a lady brings to her groom on the wedding day is all her glory, all the preparation. All, and and, it, and it's, it's culminated in the dress, right? The dress is the pinnacle of the wedding of what a wife brings to say this is, the bride brings to her groom and says, this is me, right? Check it out. <laughs> Here it is. But those linens represent something to the Lord. Because we're the bride, the church is the bride, and the linens represent something to the Lord. Those are the good deeds of God's holy, made holy people. Made holy by Christ, by his redemptive nature, but we get to bring something in response to him, and it is our good deeds. Isn't that beautiful? We're going to talk more about that as we go, but the importance of us to see ourselves as a bride, because a bride has this, a bride has a response to the groom that is not the same as the groom to the bride. So there's this great, fantastic, uh, every fairy tale and, uh, that, that sticks has especially if it's a romantic fairy tale. It's the woman gets rescued by her knight in shining armor, right? 
We have the woman in the tower. We have the woman who's, you know, uh, 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 trapped somewhere. And the dragon is guarding the castle. And the knight in shining armor slays the dragon and gets the woman and scoops her up. And we all love these stories and they stick for a reason because it's the cosmic great just fairy tale of them all is that Jesus is the great hero who slays the dragon, the devil, and he comes to rescue his bride, the church, it's us, to rescue us, to bring us to his own, as his own, out of this dark, dangerous space, right? Each one of us has this innately built into who we are. This is why it's so important, a part of our identity, to see ourselves as a bride, no matter what gender we are. Because Galatians says that there's no longer going to be Jew, nor Greek, nor male, nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. So breaking down those paradigms is important. But also while we are in those spaces where there's men and there's women, right? We come from totally different perspectives. And it's hard for a gal to think, okay, I'm a son? What? <laughs> yeah. You need to think about yourself as a son because you get the inheritance of the firstborn son, Jesus. He gives it all to you. And so you have to see all of the benefits of what it is to be a son. It's a powerful position in Christ. And then everyone, which is harder for us, but it takes, it moves us towards intimacy and humility to then see myself in an opposite role and position as a woman, as a bride to her groom. God's disrupting and dismantling things so that you have to operate in humility and realize I need something and I need others. And he's moving us into relationship so we can see him clearer and we can be the full expression of Christ. A family and an army, that's the church. A son or a, a, a priests, right? We're priests and we're a bride. It's an amazing. But you know, brides, if we're gonna go into the perspective of a bride, Right, I brought a picture of my bride. Here's my bride. There she is. Oh, just as beautiful today as the day I married you, girl. Mm. Now, let's just be honest about the difference between the way a gal prepares for her wedding and the way a man or a caveman, in my case, prepared for his wedding, right? is, you know, a gal, she is like, I mean, years in advance. From the time you're a small child, you're thinking of your wedding day, and every romantic movie or wedding you see, you see the dress, and you go, would that be the kind of dress I want, right? Is that the one? And you're like picking out all the little tiny things from all these different experiences to build your own perfect wedding, and you want unique things in your wedding, right? That are unique to you and what you want, and you spend years planning that moment. My wife and her mom, they built her own dress. And they put hours upon hours, and they went around cutting flowers, uh, uh, daisies, till, and so many that they lined this huge trail that all the groomsmen and bridesmaids could walk down to the you know, place where we got married. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, did what I was told. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to get the wedding license, and I almost did that. Right, right, right. And, but listen, in my defense, I was 17, all right? I'd been to one wedding in my life. The only time I put towards getting married was the fearful thoughts of this moment, okay? 
I was terrified to get married at 17, but it was worth it for that girl, right? It was worth it. But I knew uh, it wasn't going to go good for me. My family was not excited about me getting married at 17, but it was worth it. So I was, I didn't even know what people did at weddings. I never, I never put any energy to thinking about what my wedding day would be like. And then all I did was do what I was told. She said, wear this, wear it now, wear it here, stand there, go there, say this. I'm like, done. You, you know, I, I heard a, a friend of mine, I'm not going to disclose who he is, um, but the way he and his groomsmen prepared for the wedding is they play tackle football on the day. Get, let's get loose. Okay, let me just tell you, ladies don't do this. Right? Ladies do not play tackle football to get loose before their wedding. They have an army of people around them, and they've been planning for months and months for this day. They have someone that, more than one person attending to just their hair. The amount of energy that goes into the head of a woman on a wedding day is unbelievable. Get all the right hair right in some places and all the hair gone in the other places, right? Eyelashes and, I mean, it just goes on and on. Hours upon hours of preparation and then they're always late. Because they just didn't have enough time. Or help. You're like, really? There's something in the heart of a woman when God says, I want my wife to prepare. I want my church to prepare. He's, he, he doesn't want us to prepare like a dude prepares for a wedding. Like a caveman is like, tell me where to go. I'll bring my club. You know, he's just like drags it. Bam, we're done. He wants us to prepare. This is a big moment. It's a wedding feast of the Lamb, and he wants our hearts and our life and the preparation of our life to be the thing that is adorning us. It's the gown that we wear. It's all about the dress. And we bring that to him out of a love response on our wedding day, saying, God, I love you. You are my groom. And it's like that moment Jesus is the groom, and he's standing there. I remember when I married my wife on the wedding day, and I remember when she came around the corner, and that's the moment that the bride is waiting for, is to see what her groom looks like in his eyes when she comes around the corner and she's like, bam. <laughs> right? And you're just like, oh, that's my wife. She's glorious. I mean, it's as if there's an aura of glowing you know, goodness around your wife when she does that much, puts that much energy into, and it doesn't make sense to you as a dude until that moment. You go, oh, this makes sense right now. <laughs> and then you're like, she just keeps getting closer. And approach, and you're like, this is my wife. This is gonna be my wife. I've done so many weddings now being a pastor, and I love watching the groom. Who loves watching the groom? Okay, it's like, groom, bride, groom, bride, groom, bride. You want to see the bride come, and then you're like, I want to see his reaction. Does he really love her? And she's going, do you appreciate all of what I just did? You know, you're all like, you better. Okay. She's presenting herself to her groom. But there's a difference, and it's why men, stay with me. You need to disrupt your thinking and think like a woman right now. 
as a bride bringing herself to her groom because Jesus says you're his bride. And if you want to reach the, come into the fullness of what God has for you and your identity, you've got to start in the right place, knowing who you are. Yes, you're a son. Yes, you're a priest. But yes, you are a bride. You're called to bring yourself in preparation to your groom. And Jesus is your groom. And boy, oh boy, did he set up the best fairy tale wedding of all time. Luke chapter 19, 9 says that today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to seek and save and rescue his bride from the dragon. Ephesians 5.22 talks about the glorious church, how God sees his church. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Jesus came, the groom came for her bride, for his bride. He came for his bride because he loved her so much it was worth it. He slayed the dragon, he, he, he rescued her from the tower, and he's preparing her. He's giving her everything she needs to be prepared for that wedding day. All the things that she needs to live and walk in holiness, righteousness, all of that is given to her to be prepared for that wedding day. So he, she can present herself to him. He wants her to prepare herself to be presented to him as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, or blemish, holy and blameless. Look in verse 28. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own, their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. Christ feeds the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Everybody understands this is how men and women get married, right? God set all this up to allow us to experience what it's gonna be like on our wedding day when we give our heart to Jesus and when he comes back for us. We give our heart to Jesus and he comes back for us when we're prepared and ready for him. But God set forward this whole crazy relationship thing between man and woman so that we could experience here on earth what it is like for Jesus to leave the Father. You leave your father and mother. Jesus left the Father to come for his bride. To sep he separated himself to come for his bride. And you and I have been rescued in this way. And we have a God who cares about us and the way he feeds his own body, takes care of himself. He comes, he's a compassionate high priest that comes to love us the same way he loves himself. And he died for us as members of his own body. He cares and feeds his bride. He takes care of each one of us. When we give our heart to him, he does that. But this this concept of us seeing him, we have to see him right as this loving groom that does everything that is possible to come get us. But we're called 
to be this radiant church. If, ever, if you're a bride, then you have a groom, and your groom is Jesus. But you're called to have one groom. See, Jesus is a jealous God. God is a jealous God, like every groom is a jealous groom. One bride. And every groom wants a bride to be just for them. No brother husbands, right? <laughs> Not going to fly in my world. Just one groom in this relationship. And I'm so thankful that my name's not Hosea. And I wasn't in the Old Testament. And God didn't speak to me and tell me like he did to Hosea. And said, Hosea, I, you're my prophet. And I want you to marry an adulterous woman. I'm just so glad. Thank God he got that one out of the way. And he didn't ask me to be the guy who used my whole life with an adulterous woman to be a metaphor for us today. Okay. <laughs> but he asked Hosea, look, 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 this is going to be hard, but I need to get this point out there, okay? He's like, okay. You're going to marry this gal. First, I know, I know you're not going to like this. Her name is Gomer. Just gonna have to get over it. You're gonna marry a Gomer, and you're gonna, you're just gonna, just gonna suck it up, buddy. Okay. <laughs> and so he, and, and he goes, it gets worse. He goes, it gets worse. Oh my lord, what? She have a mustache? Ah, I can't say I haven't been that close, but maybe you know. Gomer, uh, Gomer, Hosea, she's an adulteress. She's a what? Yeah, she's an, she's an adulteress. <laughs> she's an adulteress. Just say it out loud. She's, it's an, she's an adulteress? What? I got to marry her? Do I get to marry her and get out? No, 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 no. You're going to marry her. She's going to cheat on you. She's going to run around. And then you're going to invite her back. You're going to have kids with her, so it really matters. You can't just cut and run. And I want you to name in these specific names. And then you're gonna then you got to bring her back. And you got to keep loving her. Because this is how Israel is with me. Because when God picked Israel, he chose Israel, that covenant, he said, was his wedding day. When he chose his people, it was his wedding day. And he married Israel, God's chosen people. They weren't just his kids. They were his kids, yes. They were his wife, his bride. And he's like, ah, only one God. You'll worship only one God. There's only one place in your heart for a God, and it's me. There's no running around on me, but what we see here in Jeremiah 2, 32, God says this about Israel. Does a young woman forget her jewelry or her bride or wedding dress on her wedding day? No. But yet for years on end, my people have forgotten me. See, he knew that we were like a wayward woman. God's kids, his bride would be like a wayward woman that would just drift away. And he wanted to show us and prove to us that no matter how far we drifted or what we did, he was the redeeming God and he would bring us back to himself because we're his bride. No matter what we have done, he was gonna bring us back to himself and he wanted to prophesy that through Hosea's life. That our unfaithfulness would not break the deal. Your unfaithfulness has not broken the deal with God. You're his bride. And he's calling you back to himself. And Revelation, it says, return to your first love. Just come back, he says. Just come back to me. I love you. And he, God, Jesus, 
He came and died for each one of us in such a way that he makes us holy and righteous. And so when we come back, no matter what we've done, he wipes away all the spot, the blemish, the wrinkle, all that stuff that was there. He erases it, and you're his perfect holy bride. It's amazing. Jesus is always wooing his bride back to himself. He wants you. He wants that relationship. You're worth it to him. To Jesus, this is about a true romance, a heart of romance. And we think about ourselves like a woman. It is a romantic engagement, marriage. And their hearts want to be so raptured with that, that, that their groom is just, it's all he thinks about. And when we fall into the romance stage in our relationship, it's like uh, in the movies when the, the whole imagery around just like gets all fuzzy, you know? And shoo. It's just right in the center. Reminds me of Wayne's World. Foxy lady, you know? Okay. That's all he sees. That's all you see in the movie. It's like the one thing and it's your girl, right? And you just see her and she's like, everything or she sees his groom and it's this romance and in romance everything else becomes less important that's why we love romance because we get caught up in the moment of the feelings the exchange of feelings and expression between two people and it's like nothing else matters men uh, in the romantic movies you want to see them go to the farthest ends and lengths of sacrifice to go prove that their women woman is worth it and women respond with Gushy, ooey love response. Oh, you're the best, right? That wasn't a very good expression of it, sorry. I'm not mocking you. I'm just doing my best. Okay. That's why we need you, right? Okay. So we can see how it really should be done. Okay. God is expecting, he wants this same kind of response. Look at Ezekiel 16, 8. And this is his heart towards Israel when he marries Israel. And when I passed by again, I saw that you were old enough for love, so I wrapped my cloak around you to cover your nakedness and declare my marriage vows. I made a covenant with you, says the sovereign Lord, and you became mine. Then I bathed you and washed off your blood and rubbed fragrant oils into your skin, and I gave you expensive clothes, uh, expensive clothing of fine linen and silk, beautifully embroidered, and sandals made of fine goatskin leather. My favorite. Oh, let Christmas come early. Goatskin leather. I gave you lovely jewelry, babe. I'm Amazon and some goatskin leather sandals for you. I'm doing that. Okay. I gave you lovely jewelry, bracelets, beautiful necklace, a ring for your nose. Look, Bible. Ladies with rings in your noses. Hallelujah. This is about the wedding day. Earrings for your ears and lovely crown for your head. And so you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothes were made of fine linen and costly fabric uh, and were beautifully embroidered. You ate the finest foods, choice flour, honey, and olive oil and became more beautiful than ever. Doesn't that sound like wedding day? More beautiful than ever. You looked like a queen and so you were. Your fame soon spread throughout the world because of your beauty. I dressed you in my splendor and perfected your beauty, says the sovereign Lord. This is the type of church that Jesus wants to marry. It's a romance. And, and we are, he wants us to prepare ourselves and in all of our glory, like a woman gets herself ready on her wedding day and just presents all of her glory, all of her best. 
That's what he wants for us. And he's like, I want you to be my queen. And so you are. How are you preparing your heart, your life, for the King of Kings, for the wedding day, for the Feast of the Lamb? Are you preparing your life like a woman prepares for her wedding day? If you, if you do not see yourself as a bride, you never will. If you see yourself as a bride, ladies, gentlemen, men, and women, brothers and sisters, you see yourself as a bride, you then begin to prepare for that amazing day where God adorns you and he loves on you and he, and he presents you to himself as his radiant and glorious church. Are you preparing? Not to be accepted. We're not preparing to be accepted. You're already, he already rescued you. He slayed the dragon. He took you out of the tower. He puts you in the room and he goes, I did it all for you. Here's all the things to be prepared for the wedding day. Go get ready. Are you preparing? Or are you like what uh, Zach Neese says in his book, The Heart of a Love-Filled Bride, and this is in the book, How to Worship a King. And it says this. How many men... Are you like this woman, okay? So how many men would choose a woman who is embarrassed to be seen with him? Like, are you embarrassed to be seen with Jesus? Who is repulsed by the thought of his touch? Doesn't want to be touched by the Holy Spirit. Who has no desire for him, won't touch him, won't sleep with him. How many would marry a passionless, loveless, disinterested, prudish prig of a woman? Does any man want to marry a bride like that? Neither does Jesus. Christ did not die on the cross for a woman like that. He put his passion on display to win the heart of a goddess among women. With her eyes alight with fire for her groom, he's coming back for a spotless, radiant warrior bride. Sword swinging, wild-haired, passionate, and proud of her man. She's not ashamed to love her king, and she's not expecting him to guess how she feels. You think about this. She's not expecting, he's not expecting, she is not expecting him, Jesus, to guess how she feels about him. She makes it so known. As the saying goes, words are cheap. All love worth receiving is worth demonstrating. God, though he demonstrated his love for us through the cross, he did not just tell us he showed us. Amen? God wants a bride who wants, who's willing to prepare herself. Think about if when you were getting married, the woman you pick, you're like, oh man, this woman's going to be gorgeous. She's great. I'm picking her. And then for months up to her wedding, she does nothing to prepare. And you're the crew, and she's not brushing her teeth for months. She's not shaving nothing. She's not doing her hair. She's not using hair products. She's letting everything grow out. And her wedding dress, she just like pulls it out of an old like closet. She's like, there you go. She puts it on. She's wearing it for like two, three weeks. It's got mustard on it. It's got like some chocolate and some like things are stuck to it. And and you're standing down there, you're like, oh, here it is, it's the day. And she comes around the corner, her hair's all messed up, she's like, yes. just slept, I didn't sleep all night, she's playing, you know, Xbox. 
She's like walking out. Hey, what's up? It's time to get married, right? Okay. And then you like lift the veil. You're like, uh, kind of afraid to look in there. And then the stink comes out because she hasn't been breathing. She's been eating tuna. And she's like, her breath smells bad. You're like, oh my gosh. And all her teeth are all covered all the way over. They're like one solid tooth because there's so much plaque in there. They're like, this is my bride? <laughs> Food's falling out of her mouth. She goes, well, are we going to do this or what? <laughs> All her whiskers are growing out. You're like, what the, is, this, is this wedding in Homer? Where are we at right now? <laughs> you finally somehow marry this girl, and then it's like, okay, you know the moment when the garter thing happens? You like go down, you're like, it's supposed to be like kind of like the precursor to like, Something good, and you're like, holy Christmas tree, right? You know what? <laughs> Christmas did not come early. All right. This is not the kind of bride that God wants prepared. You follow me? You're like, no. So I want to erase this from our memory, right? You, we're expecting, just like uh, and a bride, guys, does, she does not do all of those preparations because she's afraid she's going to get in trouble. So many times we try to prepare ourselves and we think, oh, God wants me to have all these acts of righteousness, these good deeds, because if I don't, he's going to be mad at me. No husband on the planet saying, oh, I want you to do all this stuff and get ready, or, or I'm going to be mad at you. They're not even thinking that. And no woman's thinking, oh, I'm going to do all, prepare myself and all this because I don't want my husband to, like, be mad at me. They want to do it because they want to please their husband. They do it because their heart of love and romance for their husband, their future husband, their groom, is so great that they want to bring their best to the wedding day. They want to look as radiant as they possibly can out of a love response for what the groom did to come rescue, save them. Come on. Every woman wants to feel rescued and saved and, and, and a man sacrificed to come get them. That's why they want a big ring, guys. They want to know you worked for it. You, you ate top ramen for months. You, you sacrificed so that you could buy him something that was worth something. It, it isn't just like, oh, I got this big flashy thing. It, it, it's a representation of your life of sacrifice. Jesus bought the biggest ring of all. He, he paid for it with his blood and his life. And he come to rescue his bride. And he's expecting a bride that gets it. That gets the sacrifice. If you don't see yourself as a bride, you'll never respond as one. You have to see yourself as a bride to respond as one. And I'm a glorious bride. In fact, I have all the tools for preparation. Get my hair all done, get my makeup done, the rack, get all the things shaved that need to be shaved, do all things that need to be done so that I can bring my best to God. And my acts of righteousness are not to earn favor with God, they're to present to him a glorious, radius love response because I'm so in love with him and his sacrifice for me. So why do you serve him? Because you love him and you want to get your wedding dress just banging up, sparkling for your wedding day. Just get it shining. But you have to see yourself as a bride preparing. And you have to see 
that wedding day out of the response of love and anticipation. Anticipation is so big. We're waiting and we're anticipating for this great and glorious moment to be with our groom. Let your love begin to express itself. Don't be a loveless bride, an expressionless bride that doesn't prepare or express her love to her king. Nobody wants that kind of bride that's like on their wedding day and you're gonna go kiss them and they're like, okay, and say I do, and they're like, oh, so awkward and uncomfortable. Learn to express your love to your groom. Men, ladies, if you're like, well, I just don't express myself. You're not a cave person. You're a bride, a beautiful bride. And each one of us needs to learn how to respond with that adoration and cast our love. The word worship actually in many places means to kiss, actually to blow a kiss. It's affectionate, intimate connection with the Lord. He wants that kind of connection from us, but it's a response. It's a response. We have to see it as a love response in our wedding day. In Matthew 25, verse one, we see the parable of two groups of bridesmaids. The kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish did not take enough olive oil for the lamps, but the five that were wise enough to take along extra olive oil, when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were aroused and uh, by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps and the foolish ones asked the others, please give us some oil because of your lamp. our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we do not have enough oil for us all. Go shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Look, your and my acts of righteousness, the Bible says they're like filthy rags. You cannot earn your way to heaven. You can't earn it. But the, the wise virgins are the wise bridesmaids in this story were the five that gave their hearts to Jesus. And they didn't just pretend on the outside. They gave their hearts to Jesus and they responded in love and kept themselves prepared. But I want you to hear this. Salvation is about Jesus rescuing you. And that's what lights that lamp of fire in your heart. And so many people, the unwise virgins or the unwise bridesmaids are the ones that I believe sit in church and never give their heart to Jesus. They hear the name of the Lord. They're kind of around and well, grandma went to church and this person went to church and I go to church and I think church or following religious beliefs and things that look like I'm a Christian, but I've never had a wedding day with Jesus. I've never given my heart to him. That is salvation. That's where you're rescued and saved. Look, if you don't have Jesus in your heart and you just attend church, but you've never given your heart to the Lord, there's gonna be a day when Jesus comes back and it's the wedding feast and, and, and you're not gonna be ready. 
It's going to happen like that, and you're going to miss, and you're going to be like, why didn't I just give my heart to Jesus? I'll, I'll give it to him tomorrow. I'll have it another day. Listen, the foolish person says it'll happen another day. That's the point of this parable. Do not wait till tomorrow. You have a groom that came and died for you today. And he said, there's going to be a wedding feast and you'll never know when it is. You don't know when your time is going to come. We had this crazy earthquake that just happened and like five billion aftershocks. It's annoying. What if it was worse? What if something came down and you lost your life? God forbid you'd be faced in e with eternity in front of you. Or are you ready? Did you trim your lamp? Did you give your heart to Jesus? Are you ready? Today's your day. Stop messing around. Trim your lamp. Become a bride. Make Jesus your groom. Receive him in salvation. And then you get this amazing opportunity to be in this love response with him, this love relationship with him. Oh, it's beautiful. Revelation 22, 17 says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely come. Freely drink from the water of life. Just freely drink, man. You get to drink up the water of life. You give your heart to Jesus. You just get to drink up all of the goodness and response and response from him to you and your love response to him. It's this beautiful romance where you get to experience him. It's amazing. Eleanor, will you come and prophesy? Eleanor has a few words for us today. Thank you, Pastor. And every bride has a bride bridesmaid. And this morning, the Lord began to show me that he has his gift of the Holy Spirit, the helper he is called. Every bride has a bridesmaid. And the bridesmaid job is to help the bride get ready to meet her groom. And the helper of the Holy Spirit is here today to help us get ready for our groom. You don't have to do it alone. He's here to help you. And he says, do not be afraid. Who of us would be afraid of our bridesmaid? None of us. We welcome our bridesmaid. I'll fix my hair. Can I do your makeup? Yes, do my makeup. What I mean, I can go on. But today, the helper of the Holy Spirit is here to help prepare us for our groom. And who wouldn't want that? And the Holy Ghost is also here to fill up our lamps, to become filled with fresh fire. Because... The fresh fire of the Holy Spirit lights up our lamp and causes us to be glowing, red hot on fire to do the, the work that he has called us to. So as the people get up, the prayer team gets up and your, your lamps are waning down low. Your lamps are waning down low. 
come up and be filled afresh and anew with his Holy Ghost and fire and be filled today. Amen. Let the helper of the Holy Spirit come and prepare you for your groom today. Amen. So good. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, right now, right now, right now, give your heart to him. Will you close your eyes with me for a moment? If you're here, all you have to do is say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If that's you, just slip your hand up and I'll pray with you right in your seat. Anybody here, Jesus, I'm ready to meet you. I wanna know you, I wanna prepare my heart to know you, Jesus. Anybody here, just slip your hand up, raise it up high so I can see it if you're here. Okay. Everybody saved, everybody ready to meet Jesus today. Nobody in here, if you were to die today, you'd say, okay, I don't know where I'm going. Everybody knows where they're going. Awesome, I'm gonna pray this. Jesus, I believe that you are so good. God, will you rescue, save, deliver every person here? And God, today, we wanna give our hearts to you. Holy Spirit, Forgive us for you, the helper, for, for rejecting you as like the bridesmaid and not receiving you to help us be prepared for our groom. God, forgive us for our laziness or our distractedness and, and having other gods or other grooms before you or with you, alongside of you. There's no other groom but you, God. We're your bride. Come on, church, we're your bride and we give our hearts to you and you alone, God. We just cast off and repent and distra every distraction and everything that would come in, in between or alongside or even get close to our wedding vows and our wedding day with you. And God, we pray today you would prepare our hearts. You prepare our lives, God, as they're here on earth, their preparation for our wedding day. We give our life to you. We believe you for a powerful and mighty move of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. We hope to see you soon.